Good morning, afternoon, and evening. Welcome to the 8311 Cast, your premier Midwestern-based sports podcast, bringing you all things sports to your beautiful ears. Join your hosts, Kyle Mersch, Mike Ludwig, and Wyatt Tudor as we talk about college football, the MLB, with World Series predictions, some NFL news, and of course, our signature segments, the vault of hilarious contracts, Mike's stupid rules, and write that down predictions. You guys remember back in the day when we had sports, the NFL was the thing, football was being played on the gridiron, and the Cleveland Browns and the Pittsburgh Steelers may or may not have had, had a fight break out on the field with, you know, Mason Rudolph and Miles My- Garrett. So, Miles Garrett was fined $45,623 for hitting Mason Rudolph in the head, right? Garrett just signed a $125 million deal, which, by that logic, means he can hit Mason Rudolph exactly 2,739 more times before he runs out of money. There's your I mean, stat for the week. Like, I mean, there you go. Your math is technically, your math is sound. Your logic is flawed. Because if you were to do that again, the fine would be significantly higher than doing it the first time. That is true, but... So, your, your mat, plus, you know, he would get suspended, which he did before, which would forfeit part of that money. Math is sound, logic is flawed, interesting facts nonetheless. That's It is point. a very interesting fact. Uh, do you know what else is interesting? That people are still sort of rolling towards college football season, like it's going to happen, even though, I mean, it's becoming increasingly likely to me that it's not actually going to happen. Um, but some of the things that are happening as we go forward to the season is the Big 12 um, media put out their picks um, for the conference standings. Um, the overwhelming favorite to win the conference is, of course, Oklahoma. Um, they were definitely the favorite by the media. Um, surprising in second, I know I said last week that I would, uh, would figure that uh, Texas would be the consensus number two pick um, in the conference, but actually the media picked Oklahoma State slightly over Texas as number two, um, with Oklahoma State getting 742 points, and then Texas came in third um, with 727 points. That, um, then, so you seem surprised by that, but honestly, that one doesn't surprise me that much. You're returning possibly the best running back in the nation in Chuba Hubbard, as well as you have one of the top dual threat quarterbacks that was recruited and only played as a true freshman last year and was very good. Plus one of the picks for the best, or well, he's on a watch list for the best receiver uh, in the country this year as well. Um, I think his last name's Wallace or something like that. So they have a stacked offense. They're going to put up a ton of points on offense, but is their defense all that good? Um We'll have to find out. But offensively, they probably have maybe the best offense in the Big 12, but do they have a good enough defense? So, honestly, that one's not as much of a surprise to me with all the weapons that Texas lost. Yeah, but Texas still does have Sam Ellinger, who people still think is— Like, he's good. He's good, but he's a lot— People still think he's a lot better than at least I think he is. I don't think he's as good as, like— he was released, right, as one of the top five favorites to win the Heisman this year. I don't think he's Heisman good. He's a very good college quarterback, but I don't think he's Heisman good by any means. He's he is a very, very solid college quarterback, but there it underneath it all, there's like a ton of fluff to it, in my opinion. And when he's had 
talent on the offensive side of the ball in some years he hasn't been able to deliver two years ago after they won their bowl game he said we're like his famous quote he screamed into the microphone we're back and what did they end up doing the next season not that much not they didn't live up to the hype that they were supposed to and that's basically what's been surrounding texas football for the past like six seven years they are not living up to the hype so yeah I think Oklahoma State is definitely going to be better than them this year. That's fair. That'll be an interesting. To, that'll be an interesting uh, battle to look at. Um, pretty much unanimous fourth. Well, there's a big separation between third and fourth, and fourth and fifth, and that's uh, Iowa State checking in at fourth in the conference according to the media, which I think is fair, right? That's a. I don't think you can definitively say we're better than either of those three teams we just talked about. So I think fourth is definitely fair for Iowa State. Um, Baylor and TCU ranked really close to each other, fifth and sixth. Um, and then from there, there's a big drop off to K State at seven. Um, West Virginia and Oklahoma State were pretty close at eight and nine, and Kansas was a unanimous tenth again, just like they are pretty much every year um, in the Big Twelve. So Les Miles still has some work to do um, in Lawrence to try to get them out of the cellar of the Big Twelve. He's- if you follow their recruiting trail, he's starting to recruit some pretty good talent there. Um, it, but recruiting talent doesn't mean you win games. You, you have to be able to produce that talent on the field. And that still has to be – there is still a lot to be desired there at, for KU football in yeah. general. But basically what I what I saw from this media ranking um, is the – or the preseason like standings – I saw that you have your two probably elite teams at the top, right, in OU and Oklahoma State. The game between those two, in my opinion, will probably decide the regular season, who the regular season champion is in the Big 12, if the season even happens. Then you got Texas in the mix, as well as Iowa State being a dark horse. Then you have Baylor and TCU right around the 500 mark, which is where I think both teams will probably be in the season, um, especially since Baylor is going through attrition right now uh, with the loss of their coaching staff and a lot of changeover. TCU is always around the 500 mark, if not better. And then you got your other teams who will be trying to chase a 500 season besides KU. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see. I mean, I guess the the thing for for me, I'm going to go back to that Kansas point, right? Is they definitely looked they looked more competitive on the field last year too than they have been in previous years, right? They led Iowa State for a while. They almost beat Oklahoma. Um, they should have beat. Or was that Texas? I think it was Texas. They bad. almost beat Texas. Yeah, they're they're beating them in Austin. Yeah. Yes, they almost beat Texas. Um, they should have beat North Carolina. So they were they were more competitive. They said they need to learn how to win. Though they lost all the close games uh, last year, they're a program that needs to learn how to win. They're getting there, but yeah, it's going to be tough sledding again for and Kansas. They need to rely on their strength. They've got a lot of good guys on the offensive line, and they have a great running back in Puka Williams, who was named to the preseason like first team Big Twelve um, by the media and coaches. So he. that's their strength. Their strength is not quarterback. Don't throw the ball. Run the ball with Puka Williams, your best player on offense. That's what they need to do. Can Les Miles do that? We'll see. Yeah, we'll see. 
but the other thing that has also happened as we uh, get forward to uh, go forward towards college football season is, is the watch lists have come out um, for different end of season awards, and there are definitely some cyclones on those lists. And Kyle is going to give you a rundown of all of those. Yeah. So as I as I mentioned, I kind of alluded to a couple of uh, first team Big Twelve selections for the preseason. Uh, Iowa State ended up with three of those. Um, Jaquan Bailey, who has injured the entirety of last season, pretty much, uh, who's coming back for his victory lap. He's listed there at defensive end. Uh, Charlie Kohler, probably the arguably the best tight end in the conference. Um, he's on that list, as well as Greg Eisworth uh, running the defensive backfield for the Cyclones. Uh, but as the nationwide watch lists have come out, Brock Purdy did make the list for the Davey O'Brien Award, which is given out to the nation's best quarterback. Brees Hall, uh, in his second season as a true sophomore, uh, is on the Doak Walker Award watch list for the best running back in the country. Charlie Kohler is on two watch lists. He is on the Bolitnikoff, uh, which is for the best receiver despite position uh, in the country, and as well as the Mackey Award watch list for the best tight end. Um, Mike Rose at linebacker earned a uh, spot on the Butkus Award watch list. Uh, for the nation's best linebacker. And then Greg Eisworth also na- landed on two with the Benarnik, Benar, Benarnik, yeah, award watch list for the nation's best defensive player, regardless of position, as well as the Jim Thorpe award watch list for the nation's best defensive back. So there's a lot of, uh, a lot of awards there, both on skilled position players on offense and uh, defense in that back seven. So, and that doesn't even include uh, Jaquan Bailey on any of those award lists, which I presume has more come out here in the next week. He'll end up on some of those too, since he was, you know, first team All Big Twelve, as you mentioned. So. Yep. Yeah, I would I would assume to see his name pop up. Uh, two of them actually came out today, so they're still coming down the pipeline. Um, so, yeah. A lot of a lot of talent. This team this team could still be decent. This team could still go places as as we go forward. So we'll keep an eye on those watch lists over the next couple of weeks and fill you in on which ones Jaquan Bailey ends up on, um, if any, which I presume he will. So we'll we'll update you on that again next week. But in the meantime, Kyle, I know I'm very excited. Are, are you excited? I'm I'm super pumped. It's starting. It's it's here. It is. Almost here. Almost here. Things could still go wrong, unfortunately, but we are now like four days away from opening day. Um, baseball is about to get started. Um, isn't, it, as- isn't it just three days or two days when this hits our, our listeners' ears, right? Because Wednesday, on when the. To it. Yeah, but Wednesday of this week, right? Depends if you count today as a full day or today is not a full day. And I depends if you count opening true. day as a full, yeah. Anyway, anyway, the season it's is about close. to start. Yep, season is about to start. It seems unlikely now that uh, COVID or anything else could upend the starting of this season. Um, everything seems to be going well in all of these camps. And with the season about to start, we are going to do what we usually do here on 8311 Cast as we um, get ready towards the start of sports season. And we are going to make our predictions. So we will give you the winner of each division and then our World Series um, team from each league, and then our World Series champion. So we will start with American League um, 
divisions because I said so. Um, and we will start. Wyatt, do you want to lead us off with American League divisions? Sure, we'll start with the AL West, if that's all right with you. Um, I don't know, man. I, first of all, I want to say I think this is folly, because especially with World Series predictions. Uh, I'm going to pick the Angels in the okay. AL West. Interesting choice. Okay. Oh, we're going around with each division. Okay. Oh, yeah. I don't. How do you want to do it, Mike? Let, let's, do, let's do each person do their three uh-huh. division winners in the league and then their World Series representative from the league, right? And then we'll, then we'll switch leagues. So go ahead and do oh. all three of your AL division winners and then your World Series pick. Gotcha. AL Central, we'll do the Twins. I don't see much other option there, to be quite honest. Um, uh, the AL East, I'm going to pick the Rays because I don't like the And, that's, yeah, you, you know, that that's pretty much what I got going there. And out of those three, I'm going to say the, I don't know, the Angels, I guess, from the American League will be representative of the league at whole. Interesting. Angels to the World Series. That's a, that's an interesting I, prediction. It's it's not logical, but you know that's my prediction. It's possible. Anything's possible in a sixty-game season. Kai, what do you got for the AL? Uh, yeah. So I guess I'm gonna stay in the same order, going west to east. Um, so in the west, I got the Oakland A's coming out of the west. Uh, Central, you got the Twins. They're gonna beat up on everyone, I think, this season. And then out of the east, I'm going. It's a toss-up between the Rays and the Yankees for me because the Yankees are are without Severino as well as Tanaka now uh, for starting pitching. But I think the and, Yankees and roster is better overall. Uh, so I'm going to go with New York. Okay. And then your World Series pick out of the Central or out of the AL side? Uh, I honestly don't know. I'm going to go with the Twins for your sake. Okay. I'm gonna pick the Twins. I think out of that Ross, out of out of those those teams, the Twins probably are set up to weather this this COVID uh, shortened season the best. Yeah, that offense is gonna mash baseballs. It's it's gonna be fun to watch. Yeah. Um. So when when I'll go west to east as well. When Back in a 162-game season with fans in the stands and everything, I was definitely going to go with the Athletics out west. But because the Astros won't have to deal with <laughs> booing and jeering fans and everything like that, like I don't think it would make a huge difference in the year, but I think that division was going to be really close. And I think the fact that the Astros won't have to deal with that is going to be enough to push them over the top in the AL West. So I'm going to go with the Astros in the West. I'm going to stick with the Twins in the Central. They're just going to mash people to death. And they have enough depth in their pitching, especially their bullpen, um, that they should be A-OK there. Um, and then I am going to go with the Yankees in the AL East just because I think that I think they're the best team out there, though the Rays are really good. And uh, to show how much I believe in the Rays, I'm actually going to pick the Rays as my World Series team out of the AL. I think they're going to get a wild card, and I think they're going to carry that um, to the World Series. So, there you go. I'm picking the Yankees to win the AL East, but still the Rays to represent the AL in the World Series. I like so. it. What about your National League, Wyatt? What do you got? So, we'll go West to East again. In the NL West, uh, the Dodgers winning it. In the NL Central, I got the Cubs. And in my opinion, I think the Cardinals, Cubs, and Brewers is pretty much a toss-up at this point between between those three teams in the central and the NL East, I think is, I mean, I think it's going to be a dumpster fire to be quite honest. Um, I'm going to pick the Nats, I guess, 
I don't really know what's going on over there or what's going to happen. So we'll, we'll run with, with the Nationals. And then out of the NL, I think Dodgers, I guess, will come out on top and be the World Series repre- representative team for the NL. So you got an all Los Angeles World Series then, Dodgers oh. Angels. Oh, yeah. Okay. If you're thinking about it, for a World Series and like COVID testing, it's going to be really easy to quarantine everybody in the same city. Yeah, but. no travel required in that World Series. What do you got, Kyle? Yeah, so I'm gonna I'm gonna be about the same. Well, actually, not about the same. The West is the same. I got the Dodgers. They're they're miles ahead of the other teams, in my opinion. Uh, in the Central, golly, that's like a toss up, man, between those three teams. But I'm actually gonna go with the Cardinals because I think they have the best depth at starting pitching as well as the bullpen, and I think that's gonna be key, especially in this season. Um, and then in the East. I, I honestly think the Braves and the Nats are going to be almost interchangeable uh, in that division, but I'm going to pick the Braves to come out on top and out of the E. Okay. Yeah, that seems... Uh, who's your World Series pick coming out of the end? Oh, yeah. My World Series pick are the Dodgers. Dodgers. So you got a Dodgers-Twins World Dodgers Series. Dodgers-Twins World Series. That'd be fun. I'd be on Out board for that. Warm and cold weather destinations. I'd be on board for that. I would love to come see the Dodgers come play in Minneapolis in October, late October. Let's go. I might break into Target Field for those games, even if they aren't allowing fans just to go. Just saying. Um, anyway, my now that I've just admitted to wanting to commit a crime. <laughs> you heard um, it here, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, this, uh, this cannot be used as evidence, right, Wyatt? There's rules against that. I'm not actually a police officer, contrary to popular belief. <laughs> uh, anyway, in the NOS, yeah, I got to go with the Dodgers. The Dodgers are the best team in baseball. They're going to crush anybody in that division. That division I don't think is particularly strong as it is. Um, so the Dodgers, I'm going to go outside the box in the NL Central. I'm going with the Reds in the NL Central. Don't sleep <laughs> on the Reds. Hey, according to fan graphs, the Reds have a better chance of winning this division than the Cardinals do. And uh, if, if you haven't been following the Reds, they've been building a good roster and a great starting rotation. They got Trevor Bauer now. If yep. he doesn't get suspended all year for throwing balls over the center field wall. Hey, that's a that was a heck of a throw. It was. From the mound to dead center Kauffman Stadium. That's a long ways. Joey Votto is still a really good player. They got, what is that, that Suarez guy? He was in the yep. middle infield. Suarez, Suarez is good. Really good. Now they got Mike Moustakis, which is just another big bat for that team. So they, they've they got some talent. They're I In my opinion, they're one of those sneaky rosters no one's giving much love to. Yeah, don't. Don't sleep on the Reds. And plus, remember, they get the advantage of getting to play um, a couple games each against the uh, the uh, Tigers and Royals, too, who are going to suck. So that'll help them as well. Um, and then in the East, I have the Braves. Like Kyle said, I think it's a pretty much toss-up between the Braves and the Nats. But I think uh, the Braves got slightly better in the offseason and the Nats got worse, um, losing Rendon. So I'm going to go with the Braves. Um, is my pick out of the NL East. World Series team, I'm also going to go with the Dodgers. I think the Dodgers are, are good enough that they're going to go to the World Series to play the Rays. So that leads us to predict our world champions. Wyatt, what do you got, Dodgers or Angels? Dodgers in seven. Dodgers in seven, all right. 
Yep, that's that's reasonable in that World Series. Kyle? If the Twins get home field, Twins in seven. Twins in seven. The Twins seven. have both Twins World Series that they've won. No uh, road team has won a game. All The home team won, uh, won all 14 games in the two Twins World Series victories. So Kyle's got Twins in seven. I have Rays in six. Um, over the Dodgers. So we've got Dodgers in seven over the Angels, Twins in seven over the Dodgers, and Rays in six over the Dodgers. So we all like the Dodgers. They better live up to expectations or we're <laughs> all going to look stupid. Yeah, we're all going to look real silly. Not that, you know, we don't always look real silly, but, you know, just more sillier than normal. Is that a word, sillier? It is now. Cool. We are going to look more sillier than normal if the Dodgers don't at least make the playoffs. So there you go. And, of course, we'll keep you updated on everything that happens across Major League Baseball um, as we uh, as the season ramps up starting on Thursday of this week. I am looking forward to it. I'm going to spend most of my weekend watching baseball because I love baseball. And speaking of keeping everyone updated on news, we got some news coming out of the NFL if everyone hasn't been paying attention. All, well, okay, breaking news, Antonio Brown is retiring for a second time, but... Let's be honest, he'll probably be back and then try and retire a third time. That's what he does. But in other news, relating to the season starting again, uh, there have been a lot of, there has been a lot of controversy slash a lot of, maybe not controversy, but just a lot of players voicing their concern over the start of the season without the NFL uh, coming out with specific guidelines and regulations in regards to testing and player safety throughout the year. Uh, so the NFL has been working um, furiously today, I feel like. It's almost like they they waited an entire semester to do like 12 projects for a class and they're trying to fit it in in about 12 hours. Um, but this is what they have so far. Uh, so when teams, so training camp for the NFL is slated to begin July 28th, right? Uh, so, and some teams are going to be holding rookie camp as early as this week, a la the Chiefs starting rookie camp today. Um, so the NFL player association in the league agreed to protocols today, July 20th on Monday, uh, saying that, um, that. NFL players will be tested every day for the first two weeks of training camp. Um, and at the two-week mark, the rate of positive tests for those tested, uh, the players, coaches, and staff who are all in close contact with the team, uh, will be examined. And if the rate of positive tests is below 5%, testing will move to every other day. Uh, so training camp, as I said, is slated to begin July 28th. So for 14 days or the just two weeks of practices, testing will begin every day. And if they are below that 5% threshold, um, that's pretty key here, uh, they will be able to safely say that they can drop it to every other day. Um, so here are a couple other rule or um, a couple other like intricacies into this. I urge you to go and check out the full statement on NFL.com. It's a pretty comprehensive uh, list. We don't have time to share it all with you, but I'm just going to highlight a couple other things. If a player tests positive but has no symptoms, so he's they are asymptomatic, he can return to the facility 10 days after the initial positive tests, or if he then receives two consecutive negative tests. 
uh, within five days of the initial positive test. If the player has a positive test and symptoms, he can return after at least 10 days have passed since the symptoms first appeared and at least 72 hours have passed since he last experienced symptoms. So there's going to be just a lot of monitoring progressively as this thing continues. Um, and as this continues, everything is going to be updated. I'm sure we're going to see rules about huddling, rules about um, stuff on the sideline. Lockers have already been uh, regulated or mandated. They need to be uh, a distance apart from each other. So it's it was relief. It was a relief for all the players to see that the Associ Players Association and the NFL finally came to an agreement. Um, but something else they are monitoring is possibly only playing one preseason game uh, in in this 2020 NFL season. Um, so that is something to also keep your eye on. That is not something that has been confirmed as of this moment. They're still working through that. They just had to get testing out of the way first. It's good that they have a plan in place because, you know, it ain't going away before the start of football season, it don't look like. And I want to have football. What am I supposed to do on fall Sundays without football? I won't know what to do with myself. I'm just so used to it. Baseball. Now. I mean, yeah, there'll be baseball yeah. through September and October that you can watch. And I'll watch baseball. Hockey. Hockey is starting up here August 1st. So that'll go definitely into September and October. So well, there'll be other stuff to do, I suppose. But I would like some football. That would be nice. I like football. Football is fun. Anyway, Kyle, you've got a new segment you've been doing here these last few weeks. Uh, do you want to continue going through that segment for us? I love it. So in this week's edition of the Vault of Hilarious Contracts, we switch over from the diamond to the hardwood uh, as we talk about Kevin Garnett. Uh, so Kevin Garnett retired in 2016, but in his contract, when he played for the Celtics, he in his deal, they owe him $5 million a year after he retired until the 2021 and 2022 season, which is a pretty nice little chunk of change you get every single year for six years. I would like that. Same. Yeah. <laughs> no one to comment. <laughs> I mean, I don't know of anyone who's going to say no to $5 million a year for the next six years. I would take it. Yeah. I like money. Money is good. That is a nice contract. What I need to get a better I need to get a better agent. I need to get a contract like that. You need to get an what? agent. I have an agent. It's myself. You need to get good at sports. Also, that I am. I am. <laughs> That's how you make not the big bucks. Great at sports, <laughs> especially golf. Did not have a good golf round on Saturday. It was an okay golf round. I hit a couple good shots, but anyway. Now we're going to move on from Kyle's favorite segment to my favorite segment, which is we talked about last week. Kyle, I get to decide what my favorite segment. Is. And it is our weekly turtle tab where we follow Willens Astadio, baseball's savior, with what he is doing on and off the diamond. And uh, just like last week, he's not doing anything on the diamond. Uh, he's still on the COVID DL. Um, I haven't heard any. Uh, they just put him on their DL here this week. Um, so that basically means he won't be ready to start the season because um, otherwise they wouldn't have done it. Um, so he won't be ready to start the season. No word on when he will um, be able to come back, um, but hopefully it's soon because I want to see some Willens Astadio in the uh, in the ballpark because I like Willens Astadio. He's like kind of my favorite. So go Willens Astadio. 
I like you. Anyway, that's our weekly Toto tab. We'll keep you updated next week, hopefully with something exciting, because I'm getting bored of these weekly Toto tabs where I just say the same thing as I did the week before. Moving on to my other favorite segment, second to our weekly Turtle tab, is, of course, Mike's Stupid Rules, with our last edition of our Rules for Obscure Olympic Sports um, that we've been talking about. And this week, what we are going to go with is Team Handball. Now, Team Handball might not be the most obscure sport, because I know it's played in uh, in gym classes. I know I played it in uh, gym class back in high school. Um, we were supposed to play it for two weeks. Uh, it was a two-week unit. We only got through one week, uh, one week because in uh, four days of playing team handball, uh, we had five fistfights break out among our gym class because uh, team handball got a little bit, uh, little bit competitive, and we had some fights break out, which is against the rules in team handball. Fighting is not allowed in team handball. It's also not allowed in high school gym class, hence why we stopped playing team handball after a few days. Um, but anyway, for those of you who don't know what team handball is, um, basically it's a combination. It's a little bit like uh, a little bit like soccer, a little bit like basketball. It's not really like soccer. Anyway, um, it's played on a, indoors on a 40 by 20 uh, meter court. Um, basically, there's uh, goals on each end, which are three meters by two meters. And then, um, and then there's a six meter sem- a six meter semicircle goal area basically, and in that goal area, um, only the goalie can be in the goal area. Not e- neither offensive or defensive players can be in the goal area. Basically, the goal of handball. Oh, it's a little bit like ultimate frisbee. It's a little bit like a mix of basketball and ultimate frisbee. That's what I was trying to go with. Um, so basically, in team handball, you. Goal is to throw the ball. Um, so a little bit smaller than a basketball, smaller than a soccer ball, something like that, into the goal, past the goalie. Right? It's a goal-based game. Whoever scores the most goals wins. Um, and basically, the way you got to move the ball is either by passing or dribbling. So when you catch the ball, you can take up to three steps with the ball before you have to stop. Um, and if you dribble, you can take three more steps. So you can't take steps endlessly while you're dribbling. Um, just up to those three steps. Um, and so basically you generally move the ball by passing. Um, and of course the defensive team is, you know, trying to stop your movement of the ball forward and take it the other way. Um, there is no double dribble, just like basketball. Um, and there is some contact allowed, but you can't, um, go in and absolutely destroy people. Um, charging is a foul, as well as um, you can't contact the um, the ball or the arm of the person who is trying to throw a pass. That is not allowed. Also, kicking the ball um, is not allowed. You're not allowed to kick the ball with your feet. Um, basically, those are the the biggest rules. Um, you know, you try to score the ball. Don't go in the goal area. Um, yeah, that's about it. So you, the interesting thing about handball, right, is that goal area, if you are above the goal area, so you can jump into the goal area as long as you release the ball before you land and then don't touch the ball again until you are out of the goal area. So, um, right, so you'll see people jump forward into the goal area to try to get a better angle and a closer shot as the goalie is trying to save it. Um, that is the basics of team handball. Does that make sense to everyone? Yeah, I actually never even played it in high school or any point in time in my life. I actually hadn't heard of it until today, so it was obscure to me. Nice. Yeah, Team Handball is kind of fun to watch in the Olympics. They're really good at the Olympics. 
I would hope so because so, they're in the Olympics. <laughs> yeah, they're like the best at it in the world in theory. So that's yeah, in theory, exactly. Uh, theoretically, we would have things to take off of our board. Uh, write that down, predictions board. Is that actually a thing today? Do we actually have things to take off the board? We do not. Uh, nothing to come off the board this week. Um, next week we do have. Um, we will have stuff to come off the board because we have a lot of protections about the uh, start of baseball season or lack thereof. So we'll have more come off the board this uh, week, but for now, nothing. That's all right. We can put more stuff up on the board anyway. Kyle, you want to lead us off with that? Yeah. So uh, on Monday, which is tonight, the night we were recording this podcast, the Royals are playing a scrimmage against the Houston Astros. My prediction is the Royals will hit one or at least one Astros batter in scrimmage tonight. I don't know what to think about that. I want it to happen so bad. Yeah, I don't know. Why, what do you think about that one? I'm leaning towards uh, like a single, no, not a single, double or triple is what I'm leaning towards on that. But I don't know what to decide between the two of them. What were you hoping for with this prediction? Probably just a double. Because, you, you know, it's it's like I equate it to, eh, there's a chance it can happen, but it's not like it's not like outlandish, right? I wouldn't consider it um, outlandish. I mean, people get hit, you know, just in regular games. So, But, but it's not a single either because it's not a guarantee. No, no they're not yeah. going to be intentionally trying to, uh, to hit anybody in an exhibition game. Why, what do you think? Double? You're comfortable with the double? Yeah, 100%. I was between a double and a triple, too. So that pretty much, you know, solidified it as a double for me. Sweet. Double it is for that prediction. Cool. What do you got, Mike? Yeah, so I am going to predict that in their games against the NL Central, there are 20 of them, the Twins will have an above 500 record. Above 500 record against the NL Central. Well, the NL Central's tough because the only really gimme you got are the Pirates, right? Mm -hmm. Because the other four teams are all technically contenders, in my opinion, realistically. Mm -hmm. That's that's tough. But I also think the Twins are better than all of them. Yeah. Not significantly, but I think they are better. They're, I think them. they're a step ahead, or two, maybe, de- depending on how big you judge your steps. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, triple? Uh, sure. I'll take I a triple for that, for sure. I don't, I don't think it's a yeah. home run. It, and there's there's so much room for error in this season, and that's why I'm not giving it a double. Uh, that's fair. Room, not like air, but room for room for oddity. Yep, I agree. Yeah, hundred percent. All right, what do you got, Wyatt? Uh, I'm gonna say that Kyle Schwarber, assuming he's even in the lineup, is going to hit a home run on Friday night, the Cubs opening day. So is this conditional on him being in the lineup, or if he's not nah. in, the, if he doesn't play, you're just it, wrong. Yeah, if he's not, I'm wrong. Like okay. I, I assume he's gonna play. Like I they haven't it, officially yeah. released the lineups yet, unless he gets hurt against the Twins on Wednesday or something. Or I mean, he gets a positive test. Yeah. yeah, it's possible, but he's probably gonna, you know. Yeah, I tend to be. Um, an individual player hitting a home run in a game—that's at least a triple. I was gonna say triple because you're talking to, you're talking about a power hitter, though. But still, right? The odds of anybody hitting a home run in an individual game aren't very good. Yeah, because he is. Triple a, is I think I think if it's Mike Trout, you're definitely giving that a double. 
But I'm still giving that a triple. This is really? a minimum of a triple, no matter what player you make this prediction about. Okay. I, I mean, I'm fine with the triple. Wyatt, you're not going to lobby for more than that? You good with the triple? No, I, I wanted the triple, so... <laughs> All right, sounds good. Triple All right, he's going to be upset oh. if you gave me anything less. So, uh, do we have anything from Josh? He's alive, but no prediction this week, he said. He's, he's still doing good, but no prediction. Well, that's good. I'm glad to hear he's doing uh, with that and our predictions up on the board, that concludes our episode, episode 90. Thank you so much for listening to the 8311 cast. Appreciate you sticking around. Make sure you tune back in next week and check out our Instagram in the meantime at 8311 cast. Signing off for the 8311 cast are your hosts, Kyle Mersh, Mike Ludwig, and Wyatt Teeter. Talk to you next week. Go Cyclones. Go Cyclones. Go Cyclones. And go Royals.